Welcome to the Locala Podcast. This is episode 28. You know, I was six and seven years old carrying concrete block to set mobile homes with. Oh my goodness. But I kind of want to raise my daughter the same way or something similar because I've got a whole pile of industry skills and life skills that they just... They don't teach anymore. Welcome, everybody, to the Locala Podcast. I'm Lisa Anderson, your host and publisher of Locala Magazine. Today, we have Justin Chamblin on the couch, and I'm super excited for you guys to get to know him and hear his story. Before we go on, if you enjoy our content, please go ahead and remember to subscribe and smash that like button for us. And let's head on over to Justin. Justin, welcome to the Lisa, podcast. I'm so glad to be here with you this morning. <laughs> I'm excited We're to have you here. We're doing all the of, you know, the, I know. the camera shot open in the whole nine. We've been in here riffing for the last 10 minutes. And, I, and there we and are. And now people get to see. Shh, you're telling our secrets. Of course we are. <laughs> you know, usually I have people start talking about their business to warm them up. You're kind of already warmed up, but let's have you talk about your business anyway. You are a partner in uh, Ruck Company Seamless Gutters. I am. So can you be. tell us a little bit about your company and a little bit about how it got started? I mean, the simplest answer in the world is we do gutters. <laughs> There's a million companies in Central Florida that do gutters. What we do is we bring a little extra to the table. We're the fit and finish guys. You know, all of us on the crew have got extensive construction backgrounds. You know, I came from fabrication. I spent several years doing high purity fabrication in the pharma industry. Um, One of our other partners, Daniel, has been a trailer manufacturer and a fabricator his entire life. Um, Matt was a prior ranger, so he's got a lot of those field craft skills that surprisingly come into play working on the side of somebody's house. You know, you you find some issues and you got an opportunity with, you know, decades of combined experience to solve an issue a homeowner never knew they had. Now, is Matt your partner? Matt's our third partner. Okay. So we, uh, me and Daniel have been back and forth. You know, he's my best friend since high school. You know, we met, we became fast homeboys and we've crossed paths in various industries and been, you know causing chaos the world over for 22 years now. What, whose idea was it to start the company then? Uh, Matt actually approached us. Okay. Um, Daniel had been doing some sideline work, you know, keeping Matt's truck running, just mm-hmm. basic guy stuff. And Matt approached him one day and said, hey, I got an opportunity to buy a gutter truck out of South Florida. You want to take a ride and look at it with me? I need to make sure it'll make it back to Ocala. Yeah. So they rode down there and had some, you know, a couple hours of just good you know, fellas type conversation and got some ideas in their head. And they came back and Daniel called me two days later and said, come on, let's go to work. Wow. We're a gutter company. <laughs> That's you know, amazing. All, all, the, all the paperwork was already squared up. They got their heads together, had a partnership ready for me and said, hey, man, let's let's go do a thing and see if we can change yeah. an industry again. Yeah. How long have you guys been in business? Uh, we're, at, we're a year and a half now. We subcontracted for the first few months as, you know, we were acquiring mm-hmm. equipment and, you know, kind of getting our skills adapted yeah. to a new industry. And we've been fully independent for a year now. Yeah. And you recently, did you sell the truck or you're trying to sell the truck? Uh, right now we're trying to sell our okay. original truck. Your original truck because yep. you guys have upgraded. We have dramatically upgraded. Yeah. It's it's exactly what every small business owner dreams of at the five-year mark, and we did it in 10 months. Nice. We went from a a decommissioned U-Haul truck, (laughs) you know, just basic paint and spray bomb letters on the side. I mean, we had to start somewhere. We had the equipment in the truck, and we had the skills in the drive. In 10 months, we went from that to a a 20-foot, 18-foot 
international full-size Penske style box truck. You know, it's a 26,000 pound truck and we run four or five different services out of the back of the same piece of equipment wow. in your driveway. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. You've mentioned before that you have other businesses. Um, is that, I mean, did, did I hear you correctly on that? Do you have other businesses Absolutely. that you do as well? We, we started with gutters mm-hmm. and immediately added leaf protection. We partnered okay. with gutter glove. We bring a fantastic product of theirs to market. It's the only thing we sell. Um, they've got a leaf blaster pro mesh that we we can't find a flaw. It's installer friendly. It's consumer friendly. It's not the cheapest option by any stretch, but it's yeah. the one that we will absolutely put our name behind. So that was you know that was the one two punch getting out of the gate. We started finding that homeowners had questions. They couldn't find a way to get to the contractor to handle additional concerns. Mm-hmm. And as they started asking questions, we started having answers and realized that we. We have a skill set here as well. So now yeah. we will, we do screen patios, um, we add French drain, we do attic stairs. You know, we've got several other products that we're talking about expanding into. I think twenty three will be our balance year where we really get the foundation sunk deep, expand some crews, and maximize our products right now. But we got some exciting stuff in twenty four. Well, let's now that we've gotten that easy stuff now out that of the business way, is gone, now that G-haw. business gone, now we want to know about tiny little Justin when he was growing up and where did you come from and how did you get here? A long time ago <laughs> in a county far, far away. Now, here we go. No, You're going to get here. me. <laughs> I was born here. I was fortunate enough to be born in Monroe Regional when it was really? still Monroe. I think it's Advent now. So you are one of the unicorns directly from Ocala, Florida. Huh? I'm an endangered species, one of the few <laughs> native Florida crackers left. Yes. Okay. Because most of us run to somewhere else, and I haven't figured out why. And everybody else <laughs> comes from everywhere else to pile up on me here. I miss well, my country. I was going to say, they seem to come back, though, too. They do. Yeah. They do. Yeah. I've never seen a Floridian that left retire up north. Yeah, no. They may go work up north, but they'll always come home. Yes, well, it's a little cold to retire up north. (laughs) Coming from Wisconsin, I can tell you it's a little chilly up there. Uh, I spent several (laughs) upper Midwest winters, Grand Rapids, Lee, Massachusetts, on the east side, uh, and and I, no. Yeah. You guys are built different. I prefer not to be built differently. (laughs) When the choice is presented, I'm going to be nice and warm where I can. So if Um, you're watching from anywhere else, I'm going to look at Lisa's and then I'm going to look over here. If you're watching from anywhere else, we still have some space. (laughs) Barely. It's a great place to be. (laughs) Tell me what what it was like growing up here and and like the changes that you've seen over the years. This is not the same county I grew up in. I mean, there's, I remember distinctly remember when Sam's Club on 200 was the furthest thing developed west. You had Sam's, Queen of Peace, and Top of the World. (laughs) And now there's, what, 35,000 more houses and 400 more businesses on the same stretch of road. It's absurd. Yeah, I think, what did I last hear? There's, um, I know there's well over 100, possibly, I think I heard 170-something families that are moving in um, I want to say weekly. That's that's the number I've heard. Yeah. For, for raw numbers, it's 10 people a day leaving Marion County, and I think it's 584. No, it's 10 a week leaving, 584 a week coming in. So it's 100 yeah. and something households. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and I don't I don't know where they're all going to go, but we'll find a place. Yeah. <laughs> You'll at least should stay in business pretty well because... Um, it, it's looking like we may have some job security. Yeah, yeah. I'm 100% okay with all of this. <laughs> Yeah, we've been really blessed. We've uh, we've actually had a local contractor, home builder, uh, contacted us in the last two weeks and said, "Hey, we uh, we need some of your services. 
and we haven't had crews that can meet production, can you meet our timeline? And we're in discussions right now of what it's going to take to make that happen, but we're we're fixing to get a big one. I'll be I'll be happy to come back and announce when it's a partnership. Okay. So you said basically your childhood was pretty much non-existent as far as what a typical childhood would be. It's kind yeah, of like you jumped not. right into work. So can you tell me about that adventure for yourself? I was a very, very late show for my dad. He was 45 when I was born and had already had a gaggle of youngins all over the place. That number is a state-guarded secret because he, <laughs> he was a character. Yeah. But I was the last one, and then he had kind of figured that if nobody else had been to prison, I would probably turn out okay. So okay. the the childhood stuff kind of got left in the dust, and I just got put in the work truck, and away we went. That's what I knew. You know, I was six and seven years old carrying concrete block to set mobile homes with. Oh, my goodness. But I kind of want to raise my daughter the same way yeah. or something similar because I've got – a whole pile of industry skills and life skills that they just, they don't teach anymore. No, they you don't. You can only learn it by rolling up your sleeves, getting your hands dirty and, you know, yeah. sweating it out. Yeah. So you are a new papa. I am a new papa. <laughs> How it's, is that uh, going? <laughs> it's heckin' exhausting, but I've got the most beautiful daughter in the world. Everybody will say that about their kids. She might be, she might not. I don't care. She looks like her mama and that's good enough for me. <laughs> but uh, she's seven weeks old. There's not a whole lot of sleep that happens in the house right now, Mm-mm. but my little Florida girl is already becoming a Florida girl. She's yeah. pitching a fit, take her outside, and life is good. Oh, <laughs> Instant quiet, Instant watching quiet. birds, looking at trees, <laughs> hanging out with the dogs. I'm like, oh, I figured you out. Yeah. You don't need a house. You just need a yard. There you go. So you're going to put the playpen out in the yard then, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And the neighbors have already been warned. Hey, guys, uh, you know, you think she's cute and all, but just remember that in a few years when there's dirt bikes in the driveway. And, right. Yeah, you know, she's out here jumping the fence to get something out of your yard. I mean, she, she's going to be me. <laughs> now, how dangerous is that, that she's going to be you? For everybody else? <laughs> um, Take out a life insurance policy. Yeah. <laughs> For y'all, not for her. She'll be just fine. But we lack a filter in my house. And my wife is a very direct human. And if she has an opinion, you're going to hear it. And she's opinionated. Don't tell her. <laughs> so I, I have no hopes that I'm going to be raising any sort of shrinking violet. You know, this is this is Joan of Arc. She will not be well behaved, but she will change the world, I'm sure. Do you, um, did you, were you raised, like being as late as you were, were you raised with any of your siblings or were they all pretty much grown by the time you were kind of kicking around? There was a 26 year spread of siblings. Wow. I love that reaction. It's always fun. <laughs> um, yeah, he was, he was very busy and very well traveled. There was a yeah. 26 year spread and I know several. Okay. Um, the next oldest was 13 years older than I am. Love him. That's the hardest working dude I've ever met in my life. You know, two, three jobs at a time, side hustling multiple industries and multiple companies, just mm-hmm. taking care of his part of the family. Yeah. And he's he's part of what has driven me, you know, into accepting that my wife wanted to have a child. Well, Sean did it. He raised two and he, they did just fine. Now he's got grandbabies and I'm going, well... Start the clock. One day the gray will take over and Mm -hmm. I'll take her kids and go cause chaos. Tell me a little bit about um, what it's like for you as in the background, kind of running your own business. You know, like you're 
doing stuff on your own, but what is it from day to day? Like uh, you guys grew pretty fast. Is it, does it feel simple to you or are there moments of stress? I try to push through the stress as quick as I can because the job itself, I can essentially run on autopilot Mm -hmm. trade secrets. Um, you know, it's, it's repetition, it's muscle memory. You learn material, you learn shop craft, you learn field craft. Public interface is the hardest thing in the world. You know, you've got people you don't know with expectations that they may or may not voice to you and you have to pull off a miracle, you know, sometimes to deliver a stellar product. Yeah. And that's, that's the biggest curveball for me, that public interface and digital access or digital records, hardest thing in the world for me to deal with. Yeah. Did you deal with any of that when you, like in teenage years or anything like that when you were working? Growing up, it was, the job was already set. I knew the location, I was provided material, given direction, and away I went. And that's where my strongest core lies. You know, that's what I bring to the table everywhere Mm -hmm. I go is if you present a problem and you present the limits of what I can work within and and turn me loose, Mm -hmm. I'll find a solution. I didn't have to work the management side of the family business. I was, you know, started as a kid as labor and Mm -hmm. then was essentially a crew supervisor-ish I don't know how much you do that in family arrangements, yeah. but, you know, I, I never, until I went out as an independent, I never had to focus on that larger scale picture. Mm-hmm. It was this job, this day, this property, these parameters. Now mm-hmm. it's seven jobs next week with four different material suppliers, you know, six different clients, somebody has a rental. It's it's juggling the the 14 different things that have to all align for what happens on site to yeah. flow smoothly. How was the learning curve on that for you? Did you feel like you were able to step into that or did you struggle a bit at first? We're still learning. Yeah. We're still learning every single day. Um, we're jacks of all trades. Mm-hmm. We've mastered a couple. I'm, I'm proud to be able to say there's yeah. a few trades we can honestly walk in and say, you know what? I, I, I know what I'm looking at and I can speak definitively. Um, we're trying to master all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the tech angle for me is hard. Yeah. I love playing with a fancy cell phone. I love having 400 apps that do all of these things I want to do with the push of a button. Making a business tool do that is not fun for me. I would much rather go, you know, sweat, shake a hand, put something on a house, work on a motorcycle. You know, I'm, I'm the yeah. do-it-with-your-hands problem solver. You said that you traveled a bit, went up north and all that kind of stuff. So tell us, what what were you doing up in the frozen north? I've got a few miles. Yeah. Um, I've burned through a few sets of, a few sets of tires here. Um, I spent a few years on the road. Um, I got pulled into a, an industry I never knew existed by a longtime friend. Um, he knew a guy who knew a guy who knew a guy, and I got pulled into doing high-purity fabrication in pharma. Oh, really? We were building ultra-high purity water purification systems. So we would start with city incoming water, numerous filtration components, uh, deionization, reverse osmosis, and we would feed into a boiler, a still, to produce water for injection. So the equipment that we made and installed produced the water that goes in your vial that Meemaw uses in her syringe for her insulin. Okay. But that required you to go up north? That's where it was taking place? There's a lot of... A lot of pharma focus in the upper Midwest. Okay. Um, that's just kind of where they all fell into place. We uh, we serviced a few clients in the Carolinas, uh, a couple in Massachusetts, um, a lot of work in Michigan. So did you travel for all of that or all of it. were you, yeah, all of it. All okay. Of it. 
Okay. Yeah, we, uh, the first little bit, we were a very lightweight operation mm-hmm. and it was a, a utility trailer I could fit behind my pickup and we'd fly, you know, four or five of the crew up and I would drag the truck up and that's what we needed to work out of. Wow. And within two and a half or three years in that industry, we were talking leasing a Penske 26 footer and just building out a workshop like we have for gutters now because it, it got to the point we'd expanded to such a large scale of operation. You couldn't support it lightweight anymore. You had to get heavy. You had to carry, you know, massive amounts of material and equipment to be self-sufficient on site. Mm-hmm. And it was exciting watching it grow from, you know, three or four guys that put out high quality work from a very small operation to, a workspace, then a shop, then building a gantry crane so we could handle this equipment that we were dealing with. Like we, yeah. we bootstrapped from nothing in three years and that operation still running strong. Yeah. So you said we were built different. I'm guessing that you landed in some winners in Michigan. <laughs> so Florida boy, how was that? <laughs> it was the best and absolute worst experience that a Florida boy can have. hmm because uh, I, I didn't understand what I was in for. I, I had no idea that once it gets cold, it stays cold. I'm so used to and Indian summers. I'm used to <laughs> fall springs. And all of a sudden, late October, the sky was slate gray. There wasn't a speck of color on any leaf anywhere. Mm-mm. What leaves were left. And then it was white. Yeah. And then it was dreary and it was mushy and it was not fun. cold. And, and, you know, it's fun when you can go to the park and sled down the hill and throw snowballs and hang out with the family. When you got to shovel the truck out, salt all the way down the driveway into the street, just so you don't slide to the other side of the street into the (laughs) other yard, you know, and then you get where you're at work and you're slogging through six inches of muck trying to get to the building. Oh my God. Were you there in spring? When it no, every single out. year we would lose leave right before uh, spring would break. You, if you want to talk about muck, you wait until you oh, hit a Midwest spring. Oh, I'm glad That's, I missed it. I'm glad <laughs> that I missed is it. crazy. One of my favorite pastimes lately has been watching all of the TikTok uh, videos of people sliding on ice mm-hmm. because I know exactly that feeling. So it makes me laugh hysterically hard because I don't do it anymore. <laughs> it, it was heckin' terrifying for a Florida boy. I stepped outside and the ground just didn't stick. No. I was like, I don't like this at all. No. Somebody give me some shoe chains or something. It's fantastic. So did you go snowmobiling? Because you like you like uh, no. motorcycling. You never went snowmobiling? No. What? Because it's too cold. Or ATV? No? And no. Every time we were up north, we were focused on the project 98% yeah. of the time. And we were stuck more or less in town-type areas. Mm-hmm. You know, Grand Rapids, five minutes from the courthouse. There's not a whole lot of snowmobiling to be had. No. We were, where we were, we didn't have people. You know, the other side of the state, I've got family scattered across Metro Detroit. I've got family in Alma. They've got access. We could go ride, but we never, you know, you're focused on making the money. You're trying to put the product in, and it was hecking cold. I did not want to go, (laughs) you know, 75, 80 mile an hour across a snowbank. Well, I imagine you didn't invest in too much cold weather gear either because if you're not. Not until I got there. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, until you realize that maybe I I need to, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Meyer, Meyer became our saving grace. Yeah. You know, we didn't know any better. We didn't know, oh, go to an outfitter store and get this lightweight. We, we don't know anything about that. We walked into Meyer and it's like, they got cold suits and car hearts. We are in. <laughs> 
And then we get to work yeah. and discover, you know, they, they kept the inside of this building at like 80 degrees while it was under construction. We show up nine layers deep looking dumb. I always tell people that the summers here are the reverse winters because Absolutely. they're so hot. You're running from AC to AC. And in the winter, you're running from heat to heat. Yep. However, you don't have to put on... 50 layers of clothing to run from AC to AC. So that is the big advantage. Plus you don't have to deal with the ice or the, or the slipping it, or the, it's just the inconvenience of the thing. Yes. It, it, you yes. got to do a whole bunch of extra. You learn that you sweat in places you never knew you had. That was the worst. Cause then when you layer down, you're like, Oh man, now I'm freezing to death. Cause it's wet. <laughs> Oh, well, you sweat for different reasons. I meant when I came down to Florida, I, I found sweat pores that I didn't even oh, know oh, existed. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a whole fact. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole fact. You just stay pounding water. Eventually, it'll yeah. flush everything. <laughs> so when did you kind of come back to um, Florida full time? August of 21. I came okay. back from my last road project, and it, I, it was no more. I had to come home. You know, it's hard on a marriage when you're gone 40-something weeks. I was going to ask, were you married before or after or during? Um, <laughs> I married my high school sweetheart. Oh. Didn't know she was my high school sweetheart. What? In high school and had no idea. We dated in high school for a little bit. Okay. Um, we were best friends. She hated my guts when she met me. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You know me well enough to know. You know, she she walked into my high school. She walked in. I was in the band room sitting up. You know, in the back corner, playing guitar, minding my own business. And when she walked in, I looked down and said, how you doing? Oh, Apparently that did not go over all that well because she was trying to figure out who this arrogant SOB was up here thinking he was hot. And for some reason, she wouldn't go away. She just, every every so often, she just swing by to see what this weird redneck was going to get up into. And we became friends and we dated for a little bit. She was my high school prom date. Aww. We've still got them pictures. Aww. <laughs> and uh, we broke up after high school and stayed best friends. She dated one of my buddies for a long time, and everybody just got on. And at some yeah. point, you know, they separated. We stayed friends some more, and she kept trying to, I guess, get her girlfriends to date me. She couldn't find me a girlfriend. <laughs> so she finally just give up and she say, fine, I'll up. just date you? <laughs> you know, the, the running joke has been she had this bulldog puppy, and she's like, look, I know he snores and he farts and he burps and he tears stuff up, but he really is a nice puppy. <laughs> one one day she called me up and said, hey, I, uh, I'm i going to the Keys with my folks for a week. They're already down there. I really don't want to drive all the way to Key West by myself. Will you drive with me? I said, yeah, sure, let's go. You know, what well, I'm yeah. Go on vacation. Go on vacation. Why Apparently, not? I was the only person she knew that she could call up and say, hey, you want to disappear for five days? And they could pull it off. So I just I showed up with a backpack. We got in the car and a uh, Bahia Honda. We just pulled <laughs> off at an overlook watching the sun go down, and we're just chilling. I said, you know, you reckon we ought to give this another shot? And she uh, she looked at me just like that. Uh -huh. like, you have lost your mind. I'm like, no, for <laughs> real. Like, you've been trying. You've been introducing me to every girlfriend you got. I've introduced you to half dozen of my fellas. Nobody is biting. I think they know something we don't. And we just, yeah, you know what? When we get down here, we'll go on an official date and see what wow. happens. And we've never left. How long have you guys been together now? I'm doing maths. If she watches this, she's going to be so mad. Uh, it's 2011. 2011? Okay. 2011. We All started right. dating again. Dating again. Okay. And, and then when did you guys get married? We married in 2012. Okay. We did a formal ceremony with the family and everything in 13, and we've been running ever since. Aw. And then you just had your baby girl. Just had the baby girl. Now, you have had a baby for seven weeks. 
And I'm told that when you have one, you want more. And you were a one and done, if I remember. So are you still a one and done? (laughs) I'm going on record. I'm looking the camera in the face. I am a one and done. So I asked my wife the other day, just Mm -hmm. on a whim. Hey, dear, you got one. We've sworn one and done. You sure you're done? Mm -hmm. Just, you know, let me take temperature. Yeah. And she hesitated. Uh Uh-oh. It's that mm. new baby smell. Mm. I think it is. Because, I mean, let's be real. Everybody thinks their baby's cute. My baby's mm-hmm. cute as heck. Your baby's probably cute as heck. Let's be real. But I don't want to do this again. Yeah. This is a heck of a lot of work. It is a lot of work. And it props to y'all that have raised more than one. Props to y'all that have raised any, but more than one, especially close in age. My God. Look, look I am not a parent, and I am always... Um, like in awe of parents. I think the biggest awe moment for me um, was when I was in school at 30. I went back for my bachelor's. And the school that I went to, it was basically 40 hours of homework a week. And most of us online were already working 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And then there were those that were in a family with kids. And I'm like, how? How? Because I barely see anybody outside of my house ever. Like, I don't know how you I, guys are even know. doing it. I don't know. My and, hats are off to those people that can pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. I and I always, I always say, because I wound up being valedictorian of that class, but I always say it was only because I could turn in all my homework on time because there were so many more talented, like I'm not a, um, I was graphic design and I don't draw. And there were so many of those that were like graphic artists that just their work was just phenomenal. And I'm like, it's just time. Mm -hmm. I had more, more of it because I didn't have kids and not just counting that I didn't put in the work, but you know, I just always felt like they deserved it too. Look, our half hour is already gone by and yeah it's been crazy and i usually like to ask one last question and if you have an answer fine if not no big deal i'll make something up but (laughs) i usually ask people if there's anything that you wanted to talk about that i did not ask you i don't i don't know that i've got anything i'm an open book i'm kind of the ask and answer guy but (laughs) i don't honestly find myself that interesting (laughs) Uh, you know i don't come out here swinging like hey you know let me tell you how cool i am you know, I, I get up, I put my pants on like everybody else. I go do work to take care of the family. You yeah. know, we, we got some dreams and some goals, and I got to make them happen. But, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm that that captivating. <laughs> I don't know. Your audience well, might agree. But, I, you know. I don't know. I think they might agree. I mean, I f- to me, I felt like that half an hour flew by pretty well. Absolutely did. But it's a, all you a know. testament to you and Josh. I mean, you, you've got... <laughs> Y'all can't see from the other side of the camera, but this is the coolest podcast studio <laughs> in the zip code, probably the area code. I, I've had a blast in here, Lisa. Well, fantastic. I've had a blast having you, too. I'm so glad that you came in and did this for us. And we will go ahead and have um, a link to your business in our description. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. And so once again, everybody, I am Lisa Anderson, your host and publisher of Locala Magazine. You can also see Justin's story in our magazine if you go to www.localamag.com. The link will also be in the description for that. And we hope that you will join us here on the podcast on our next episode where we focus on connections through stories. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Locala podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead, like, share, and download. Your support is truly appreciated.